Ball State University excels in providing services to students with disabilities. We offer a wide range of inclusive opportunities in a truly accessible setting. We also excel at helping our students with disabilities graduate at the same rates as their peers. Learn about the connections and the resources that are setting our students with disabilities, setting them up for success. That's next on Cardinal Compass, Campus and Community Conversations. From the campus of Ball State University on Ball State PBS and Indiana Public Radio, this is Cardinal Compass, Campus and Community Conversations. At Ball State University, we welcome you as a learning partner from day one. Our students bring creativity and determination to each aspect of the learning experience, from the classroom to the community. At Ball State, we help students turn an emerging passion into an enduring purpose. Our beautiful campus, welcoming environment, immersive learning, and collaborative culture provide the ideal place for you to pursue your journey to a fulfilling career and a meaningful life. We fly. Are you ready to fly? Hello and welcome to Cardinal Compass. I'm Andy Newman. And I'm Olivia Sonniker. Thanks so much for joining us today. In a leading accessibility magazine, Ball State University was named one of the top wheelchair-friendly colleges in the nation. As Alex Almanza found out, the university's disability services has played a huge role in that title. For college students, a mundane daily lifestyle can be taken for granted. But for some, it's not as easy of a journey. And that's why Ball State's trying to make it easier for thousands of students living with a cognitive or physical disability. Not every college campus is as accessible as this one is, so there are less barriers. For people like Dylan Rosenlieb, life with cerebral palsy is one that he's never lived without. As a kid, most people um, dream to be superheroes and stuff like that, and my dream was to walk. But one thing Rosenlieb and so many others struggle with on a daily basis is misconception. For ADA, what we're really trying to work on is like building that inclusiveness and getting all students, whether they identify as having a disability or not, um, we accept anyone and everyone. People with disabilities are still people, and we still have the right to go out into the work world. And one senior, Taylor Bowen, doesn't have a wheelchair or walking stick, as her disability is almost invisible. I was in fifth grade when I was diagnosed with um, Stargardt's, which is a very, very rare um, eye disease. And it didn't really um, affect me until high school when um, I couldn't see the board anymore. And the embrace from her Cardinal community was like night and day. I did have like the support of disability services and, and they, were, they were great. And I think because of them, I am where I'm at today. And Bowen continues to defy the odds using her obstacles as a way to grow in a university that doesn't just accommodate differences, they celebrate them. Do what people think you can't do. Defying the odds, defying what people may think or disability or not, you are just as capable of doing anything else that anyone else does. Alex Almanza, Cardinal Compass. Joining us now is Courtney Jarrett, Ball State's Director of Disability Services. Starting off, what is the Disability Services Department's mission? Thank you. The mission of the office is to uh, provide access and opportunity for students with disabilities 
here on campus and make sure that they have an equitable uh, educational experience while they're here. And could you list a few of the services available to students with di disabilities on Ball State's campus? Sure, well you're gonna get my favorite answer of it depends <laughs> because it depends on the student and their disability diagnosis and how that affects them whether it be in the classroom or uh, with a, a sport or a student organization but we do lots of test accommodations for students with disabilities like extra time or um, taking tests in a quiet location. We have lots of really great technology that students can use in an assistive uh, way like with note taking and um, screen reading technology. Um, we also do lots of accommodations with housing and dining like you name it and we can work with that different department on campus to uh, make things accessible. And then you know about approximately how many students actually use your services here on campus? Sure, we had almost 4,000 students with disabilities last year, 3,919 was the total for last academic year. That is amazing. Uh, our next question, President Rins, maybe you can weigh in, weigh in on this a little bit. Are there any new initiatives being introduced by the Office of Disability Services, maybe in conjunction with the Office of the President, that will offer new opportunities for the students on Ball State's campus? Well, and, and Courtney can probably provide some more information, but from my perspective, we continue, as Courtney suggests, we, we need to adapt and adjust and respond to the changing needs of our students. And so we've seen those needs change and grow uh, during the pandemic and in the wake of the pandemic. And so we constantly want to be responsive because it's about accommodating the specific needs of the individual students, irrespective of what program they're in or irrespective of of, um, of whether they're a graduate student or an undergraduate right, student. Right, right. Uh, so a new initiative that we just did in August is called CARDS. It's the first ever summer bridge program specifically for students with disabilities. So we had 27 first time freshmen come a few days early and spend time with staff in my office getting acclimated to campus, getting their supplies, finding their classes, getting used to living in a residence hall and swiping in to eat and all those fun things and so We've been really excited with how that group has acclimated to campus and, um, and had a good time their first almost month uh, of the semester. And what's impressive to me about that is that's trying to anticipate the needs, right? Being proactive and, you know, we've got a long uh, and very proud tradition, a mm -hmm. legacy of being a leader in this service. And so what Courtney or her team do, is doing is being proactive, not simply responsive, but proactive and mm -hmm. it's what makes me proud of the work that they're doing for our students. And then you touched on it a little bit, but obviously the needs of students have changed, uh, obviously very recently with the mm -hmm. pandemic. Have you seen an uptick specifically in mental health concerns when you're talking uh, about your office? Absolutely, so when I go and do trainings for faculty and staff on campus, I've, I've been saying that I think maybe everyone deserves an anxiety or depression diagnosis <laughs> from surviving the global pandemic. Yeah. Um, I'm not that kind of doctor, so I can't diagnose uh, folks with those things. But Understandable. <laughs> but it, what that means is that the students that we are seeing as first time freshmen now or as incoming graduate students, they're coming to campus with those diagnoses. Whereas before pre-pandemic, we would have folks that maybe would develop those later on in life. And so there's a huge uptick in those things, which means that like President Merton said, we have to sort of pivot and think about things that we can do proactively 
or as things arise throughout the semester to help ensure that they're getting the same access as everybody else. And, and what will be interesting, I think, for us to see uh, in terms of our student population is when you think of this year's freshmen, I believe if I've got my chronology right, they were freshmen in high school when the pandemic hit. And so yep. they come to us with both the burdens of the pandemic, but also the end of their high school experience was probably a little closer to normal. Mm -hmm. And so it will be interesting to see whether those, whether the number of students who need these counseling services continues to increase or as the pandemic recedes and hopefully the impact of the pandemic uh, dissipates, whether, uh, whether we'll see a, mm -hmm. a, a modest decline. But Courtney and her team are prepared to respond irrespective of that outcome. Yep. Now, obviously, Ball State's campus, we are leading in the nation as one of the most accessible campuses, like I said, in the nation. Uh, but there's always room for improvement. So what is Ball State, uh, maybe through the Office of Disability Services, looking to improve on the current conditions of campus? I know sometimes there are some buttons, the automatic uh, door buttons. They're a little bit slow to open, or maybe they don't work at all. Do we have any plans for that? Sure. Um, sometimes the door openers don't work just because they haven't been turned on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we work really closely with facility staff to make sure that um, if, uh, if there's a door opener that's not working or a sidewalk that's cracked or something like that, that, that they're aware of the situation and um, they're just such great collaborators. I will say the same for any department on our campus that if I pick up the phone and call or send an email and say, we have a student with a disability, they're having this issue, how can you help? The, the response is automatic. and so. That's super helpful because no one wants me laying sidewalk or working on electrical things. I have a history degree. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to know that the people with those expertise trust our office to make those requests and know that, that there's a need for that. So yes, it's, it's wonderful to continue the rich tradition of the two directors before me that started the office and, and, and kept things going. I'm just uh, trying to continue that work. Yeah, and I think that's an important point. We're, we're certainly here today focusing on the work that Courtney and her team does specifically in this area, but this has been a long-standing commitment by our university. In fact, the board last spring uh, passed a resolution to name North Residence Hall in Byrill Hall. Honor, Byrill Hall. Yeah. Jack Byrill uh, worked at the university for 35 years, was appointed by President Emmons in, I think, in 1964. Yeah. He created this, the Student Health Center, he created the Counseling Center, and he was the one who really began mm -hmm. our comprehensive approach to accommodating students with disabilities. So I think it's important for us to recognize that this is a university-wide initiative that all of us can participate in to make our campus mm -hmm. more accessible and more accommodating for all of our students, as well as our faculty and staff mm -hmm. and visitors to campus. And then, Courtney, I think one last question for you here as we kind of wrap up our sure. conversation. Uh, has there ever been an instance where you were unable to accommodate a student um, that was in need of accommodations? Well, that's tricky. I'm going to refer back to my original answer from the first question of it depends on the situation. Yeah. So typically, it's not and no, we can't accommodate. Yeah. It's what the person has as the idea of what their accommodation should look like is not exactly what we can provide under university policy or federal regulation. So what we typically do, it's a very interactive process with students where they come and meet with us and then we say, okay, this is what's reasonable under the Americans with Disabilities Act that we can put in place for you. 
let's try and see if that accommodation is going to work out. And if not, if there are still issues, we want those students to come back and communicate with us so that we can brainstorm and work in with those different collaborators to try and find other things that we might be able to put in place. Courtney, thank you so very, very much. Uh, the impact of Ball State's disability services extends beyond the university. Tara Kanichny spoke with alumni about their work to continue inclusive excellence off campus. The Gregory S. Farabach Center is a part of Eskenazi Health in Indianapolis and was created by Ball State alumnus Gregory Farabach in 2013. Its purpose is to break down barriers for disabled students and give them opportunities to complete a meaningful internship in their field. We want our students with disabilities, like all our students, to get good educations and go out, uh, get a good job, uh, pay their taxes, and also uh, be a part of uh, society. Carlos Taylor is a Ball State alumnus and now works for the Farabox Center. Taylor directly helps students get internships and provides accommodations in their new roles, much like Ball State did for him in the late 90s. Being, being blind, there were times where I needed uh, the assistance of a, of a fellow student to kind of be my eyes. And Office of Disability Services has been great to identify uh, candidates to, to help when those times uh, came up. More than 60 students completed an internship this summer through the center. Taylor said many companies, after hosting a disabled student for the summer, find new ways to make their companies more accessible. People think that because you have a disability, that must mean that you're not intelligent, you're not capable of doing X, Y, or Z. So I think it's also demonstrating to employers that these are college students that we're working with, earning the same exact degree that their non-disabled peers are earning. Some students involved with the Farabach Center get hired immediately after their internships, which was true for Ball State alumnus Brad Millspaugh, who has been working at Eskenazi Health for three years. Once you get to know the people you work with and then they, they start trusting in you and I mean, it helps. Each year, the Farabach Center recruits more students from Ball State and 40 other colleges to complete internships and help them get long-term jobs. Tara Konichny, Cardinal Compass. Joining us now is Larry Markle, Program Director of the Gregory S. Farabach Center. Now, Gregory, can you tell us uh, a little bit, excuse me, my apologies, Larry, can you tell us a little bit about the goals and ambitions of the Farabach Center? Sure. The Gregory S. Farabach Center was created to ensure that college graduates who have some form of a physical disability, could be a mobility, visual, hearing, or orthopedic disability, to make sure that those graduates who meet all the same standards, qualifications for college graduation as anyone else, have real opportunities for equitable employment after graduation. And then Larry, uh, so the Fairbox Center was originally designed just for Ball State, correct? But now it extends to over 40 different universities. Uh, President Mertz, how does that make you feel that something that was just Ball State centric has now just kind of grown to help other universities? Well, we are proud of our leadership role in this area, but leaders also want to bring others along to provide the kind of, of services and supports that we do. So it makes me very proud that once again, in this respect, Ball State is leading the way in teaching others how to make their campuses or their organizations, their corporations, more accessible for a broad range of potential employees. And then, Larry, could you kind of uh, just express how um, being Ball State is just kind of grown in the fact that you are reaching out to so many other universities and then you are kind of leading the way with Ball State as well? How does that make you feel? 
Yeah, it, it's fantastic to see the growth of this. And this, yeah. the, the Ferry Box Center is very much a Ball State creation. Yeah. And, and I think a real point of pride for, for the university. Uh, the whole idea behind the Ferry Box Center started when, when Greg Ferrybach, I think it was maybe 2007 or 2008, asked me a question. At that time, I was Director of Disability Services here. Yeah. Greg said, Larry, how come I don't see others with disabilities in leadership positions on boards? And then the big question, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. So using Greg's connections, we started a little internship program just for Ball State students with, with one student a decade ago, yeah. one Ball State student who interned at our partner at Eskenazi Health in Indianapolis. It grew from there. It was just Ball State students to where it's now grown, as you said, to include 40 different colleges and universities all across Indiana and even in some universities and states contiguous to us. And, and Greg is a great example of what a Ball State student can do with their education after they leave Ball State. He graduated, I think, in 1980. Uh, he was diagnosed at birth with a serious defect. He's been in a wheelchair uh, his entire life. Mm -hmm. um, was elected as the student government president here at Ball State. Served on our board of trustees, all at the same time making sure that our campus is accessible to students like him. He's very proud of the education he received here, and he wants to make sure that other uh, people like him have the chance to get the opportunity of an education that the two of you are getting right now. Yeah. And that was his, his idea with the program. He says, we, we need to build a bench. We need to have younger people with disabilities ready to step into that leadership um, when, when he retires, which I hope is no time soon. Um, so, so trying to get younger people with disabilities the work experiences initially through internships and then careers that will help them become leaders like Greg has been for so many years. Are there any other specific examples of the opportunities the Fahrenbach Center has given to these college students? Yeah, we, it's just some wonderful opportunities and, and so many stories I could tell that, that we don't have time for all of them today, I'm sure. Um, we have so many partners. Eskenazi Health has hired many former interns uh, for full-time positions in fields related to their majors, places like Eli Lilly, Cummins, Indianapolis Children's Museum, et cetera, have hosted interns from the program. But we've got some wonderful stories of Ball State students who've interned in the program. My favorite story is a guy named Brad Millsball. Um, Brad, Ball State graduate um, in computer science, uh, wanted a job in IT, did an IT internship with us at Eskenazi Health several years ago wasn't able to move to Indianapolis for a full-time position that was offered for him at Eskenazi Health. So Eskenazi worked with staff at Ball State in CCIM um, and the IT department at Eskenazi to create a remote job doing IT work at Eskenazi here in Muncie where Brad lives. And so he works out of the Madjax building downtown Muncie in a full-time position doing just great work in IT for Eskenazi Health. And I just want to amplify something Larry said. You'll recall this started with just a simple, small partnership between the university and one employer, Eskenazi. Yep. And now it's blossomed to three dozen institutions and s most of the major corporations in the Indianapolis area. Yeah. So a small seed was planted and it's now blossomed into a program that's having a, such a positive, sure. transformative impact on so many individuals and so many important institutions. Mm -hmm. Now, Phyllis, and what is the best way for st college students to get involved with the Fahrenbach Center? Does it need to go through their university, through the Office of Disability Services? What's, what do we have to do? Right. So we recruit at all the schools in the state and, and beyond Indiana. We work primarily with two offices, the Disability Services Office, 
those offices know who the students with disabilities are that would qualify for the program and also with career services. So each fall, my colleague Carlos Taylor and I visit all the campuses across the state. Of course, we'll be on this campus uh, multiple times to recruit students. So typically, the, the Disability Services Office um, puts students in our direction for possible internships. Now, Larry, this is probably a simple question, but one that's incredibly important. Why is the work that you and others do so important? Yeah, and, and I think part of, for me, that comes back to my time at Ball State. So I worked in the Disability Services Office here for 18 years. Yeah. I had the opportunity to meet thousands of wonderful students, mm -hmm. and it was just so discouraging and disappointing when these college graduates weren't able to find equitable employment after yeah. graduation. The employment rates for college grads with disabilities are unfortunately lower than they are for students without disabilities. Mm -hmm. So making sure opportunities are available is, is so paramount for, for students, graduates with disabilities. Yeah. President Murray, would you like to weigh in on that anyway? Well, what, what I think this program represents is the continuing commitment to the enduring values here at Ball mm -hmm. State. It's about uh, inclusiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Ensuring that students have the same access to educational opportunities while they're here and employment opportunities when they graduate. It's about social responsibility that we embrace here at Ball State, which is making our communities stronger and the institutions that we serve stronger. And it's about gratitude. As we define gratitude, it's not just expressing appreciation, it's demonstrating our appreciation for the opportunities we've had through the actions and, and services we provide to other people. Right. Larry, thank you so incredibly much for being My here with pleasure. us today. Uh, that is all the time that we have for this part of the discussion. President Burns, we'd like to give you the final minute for your reflection on today's conversation. Sure. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank My you pleasure. for joining us. Thank you for what you do for our students and, and for our institutions. And Andy and Olivia, thank you for giving us this yeah. platform to talk about this important program that I think too often flies under the radar. And as I said a moment ago, we're so proud of what we do here. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we have. And this program is a way for us to fulfill those values that we take, uh, take pride in here at Ball State and deliver this transformative educational experience to all of our students who come to our campus. So thank you for this opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, President Mearns. Uh, and thank you for watching today. I'm Andy Newman. And I'm Olivia, Son Olivia Soniker. Make sure to join us next time for Cardinal Compass Campus and Community Conversations. At Ball State University, our promise is simple, to empower the success of our students. Our students benefit from immersive learning, innovative academic programs, and state-of-the-art facilities. Ball State offers a distinctive yet affordable educational experience and the ideal environment to prepare for a fulfilling career and a meaningful life. We inspire Cardinals to transform their communities, to revolutionize their industries, and to make a difference. We fly. Are you ready to fly? Cardinal Compass was produced at Ball State University by students of the College of Communication, Information, and Media at the studios of University Media Services. Cardinal Compass was produced by Grace Benkowski, audio engineering by Brian Siraki. Special thanks to Sean Ashcraft for production assistance, the Department of Media, University Media Services, Ball State Marketing and Communications, and the Digital Corps.